On today's show, the Yankees lost in Toronto in extra innings on a walk-off single by Vlad Jr. because Aaron Boone didn't intentionally walk him. We'll talk about it. Plus, IKF is going to cost the Yankees a playoff game, just like he cost them the game last night. We'll talk about that, too. Also, why did it feel like pitchers in the National League were willing to throw junk to help Albert Pujols hit 700 home runs, but pitchers in the AL are walking Aaron Judge? What's going on there? Actually, I know. We'll talk about that. Plus, we didn't get to talk about the Yankees sweeping the Red Sox in four games over the weekend, so all that is coming up next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We passed 1,400 subscribers last week. Next stop is 1,500. Also, hit the thumbs up button on our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So... Last night's game was really annoying, really annoying, for many reasons. One, I, I'm, mm-hmm. Oswald Peraza had a great weekend against the Red Sox when Aaron Boone allowed him to play, and then he gets rewarded by sitting on the bench. And I understand that the Yankees just want to give him a taste of what it's like to be in the big leagues. It's the same thing they did with Derek Jeter in 1995. It's not like he came up and played in a lot of games and did a lot of things. It was more for him to soak up the atmosphere. But when you have IKF playing shortstop as badly as he is, why would you not put Peraza in a game you need to win? Now, the Yankees are going to win the division. There's no way they're going to lose the rest of the games this season. That's just not going to happen. They're eventually going to clinch the division, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, Friday against Baltimore. It's happening. Why? 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 And I get it. Peraza's not going to be able to play in the playoffs. But while he's here and while he's the better defensive option at shortstop, you should probably play him. You should probably play him. But you know what will happen once the Yankees clinch everything and have nothing to play for, you'll see him in the lineup. And how many excuses is Aaron Boone going to make for IKF anytime he makes a play that's impactful in a bad way? He cost the Yankees the game. Yes, I know, they lost 3-2 in extra innings, but uh, if he hadn't botched that double play, that two-run inning doesn't really happen. Probably not. Probably not. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So Boone said after the game, I'm going to pull it up because I need to read it from my phone. Now, this was immediately after the game. He said, it's obviously hit really hard. I haven't seen a replay on it yet. Our iPads have that high home view, which is what most of us have in Toronto. It's like you're watching the game from space. (laughs) So it's hard for me to judge what the hop did and things like that. But 
this was the real problem. Okay. Two batters later, with one out and the bases loaded, Teoscar Hernandez ripped a two-run double off the center field wall that tied the game. But the Yankees missed a chance to get him at second because he was admiring that ball. If someone were standing at second, they would have gotten him out. Now, yes, those two runs already scored, and nothing happened after that, but it's just the principle of the thing, you know? Um, what is happening there? He said, as a middle field, excuse me, as a middle infielder there, it's obviously very loud when that ball's hit. You don't even think there's a play at second. That's just a double all the way. So you're kind of getting yourself in position to throw home. The runners got held up a bit and it ended up going home. I think if we're at second because Teoscar wasn't really running, we may have had a play there. It's loud. Sure, it's loud. But you play in Yankee Stadium. They're used to it being loud there, too. Every time something happens with IKF... Every freaking time, Boone makes an excuse for him. He doesn't do this for everyone. There have been other plays where guys have screwed up. Hicks. That was ex- egregiously screwed up, though, when he had to take him out of the game a couple, weeks in, a couple weekends ago. But I said this the other... I, where, where did I say this? I think I said it on my crossover with... Ethan or maybe with Lindsay. I did so many crossovers last week. I can't remember what I said and where I said that, where I said it. But it feels like the Yankees are protecting IKF as if he's a big free agent player that they signed for millions of dollars and they need to protect his fragile ego. It's very strange how much they de- defend him and stick up for him. He's a nice guy. He's a great guy. Grew up a Yankee fan. He's playing for the Yankees. It's cool. He's not a good shortstop. And... There was a play, the play last night that he screwed up the double play. That should have been a double play. That wasn't anything. Um, They scored it a hit, which happens a lot with IKF. So people will look at his stats and think, oh, he's not that bad. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. He always double pumps the ball. No matter how routine the play is, he's always, if you're not watching on YouTube, I move my hand a couple times and doesn't look great when I do it. But you know what I'm trying to do. So. He can't play shortstop in the playoffs. He just can't. And if you notice, any play that goes anywhere near Josh Donaldson that he can reach and get to before IKF has to touch it, he gets to. He knows. He knows. And it's, it's gotten to the point where they really need to do something about this. They really, it's, it's, they can't, they can't have him out there. It's, he's really going to cost them a game. Now, just realized I did this out of order, but let's talk about this quickly. The Jays walk Aaron Judge in the top of the 10th to face Anthony Rizzo. And then, of course, they get out of it and the Yankees don't score. The Yankees don't intentionally walk Vlad Jr. And he hits a walk-off single. See how that works? Why wouldn't you walk him? And just take your chances with Kirk. Kirk is a good player. He could have won the game as well. But don't let Vlad Jr. beat you. The Blue Jays were smart enough not to let Aaron Judge beat them. So why would you let Vlad Jr. beat you? What is the matter? (laughs) We're going to talk more about this in a moment. Because I have to talk about last night more. Because it's really... What annoying... What an annoying game that was. Just awful. 
So we'll keep talking about last night's game and some of the things that made me angry about last night's game. And then we're going to get into the discussion about Judge and the home runs because, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of get it, but I don't get it. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create your job posting, then add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience to quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. We're entering the late innings of 2022 and hiring the right player can help you finish the year with a win. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. So last night's game. Not fun. Not fun. The other thing that bothered me about last night's game. The Blue Jays bullpen has been awful awful the last week or so maybe even a little bit more than the last week or so i saw a stat the other day where their blue their their blue jays their bullpen had an era of 8.31 did the yankees get to the blue jays bullpen last night no of course not why would they (sighs) every time i feel like this team is getting on a roll they have a game like last night severino pitched fine He got victimized by IKF, and Clark Schmidt got two outs, and then Vlad Jr. happened. And, you know, things like that are going to happen, but that was a game they should have won last night. That's annoying. That's an annoying loss. It really is. And I will say, yes, it was nice that Kiner Falefa hit his fourth home run of the season, and it was a bomb. That thing went over 400 feet. (laughs) So for someone that was hitting fly balls that barely made the warning track earlier in the season, for him to hit a 400-foot home run, that was pretty impressive. But again, stop putting him at shortstop when they need to win games. So Severino only pitched four innings, gave up two runs on three hits, three walks, not great, four strikeouts. Now, the good thing is the Yankees didn't give up a long ball. Um, the pitching, obviously, you know what I mean? Um, they were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. That's not great. Now, Toronto was 2 for 9, which also isn't that great, but, (laughs) you know, they were 2. They at least got 2 hits with runners in scoring position. The Yankees got a big fat 0. Uh, Rizzo had a double off Gaussman. Gaussman was 6 and 1 thirds, 2 runs on 6 hits. He gave up that home run to Kiner Falefa. And, you know, the Yankees pitching did fine. A bunch of them had to pitch. I was kind of surprised to see Scott Efros because it's Rosh Hashanah. And, um, you know, my brother and I were actually discussing that earlier in the day yesterday, thinking, is he going to pitch? Because it's the holiday. But he did. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised about that. 
And uh, yeah, Trevino and Efros each pitched an inning. Marinaccio pitched a third of an inning. Loizaga one and two-third innings. Holmes an inning. And then Schmidt got the two outs and then couldn't get Vlad Jr. out. What are you going to do? Now, the bad thing about Severino's outing is he threw 76 pitches in four innings. Which means Tyone has to step it up tonight. And, you know, he's been known to step it up when they kind of need him to, but he's also been known to not step up when they need him to. Obviously, Judge didn't hit a home run last night. He was walked. Again, Toronto walks him. The Yankees don't walk Vlad. And as I said, Kirk could have hit the single to win it, but why let Vlad Jr. do it? Let Kirk do it. So tonight, quickly, Jameson Tyone against Jose Barrios and Aaron Judge. In 18 at-bats against Barrios, he's batting 333, but he has a home run and three runs batted in. Rizzo has two home runs against Barrios. Gleyber Torres has one. And then let's see. Everyone against Tyone on the Blue Jays. Okay, scary. Matt Chapman has one. Vlad Jr. has one. Teoscar Hernandez has hit two. And George Springer has hit one. And we know that Tyone tends to be prone to the long ball. So, yeah. (laughs) Now, the thing that could help the Yankees tonight, uh, the Rays losing, that would be great. They didn't play last night. There weren't a lot of games last night. In baseball, there were only four or five of them. So, um, you know, the magic number is still stuck at two. Judge is still stuck at 60. And it would be nice for him to get off the schneid. Now, the thing about it is Judge is still hitting the ball. He's just not hitting home runs. You know, I know a lot of people were talking about the fact that the Red Sox held him to no home runs. Um, That one ball that went 400 feet, uh, if it was a little warmer, that would have been a home run. So, you know, just things happen. And... As I said, he's hitting the ball. It's not like he's going up there and striking out all the time. And he's taking his walks, which is another really impressive thing about Aaron Judge. You know, it's not that easy to have this milestone ahead of you and all eyes on you. And for him to still be able to take those walks when they're not intentional, it's impressive. Aaron Judge is impressive. What he's doing this year is impressive. And... um. Now, the other thing about it is, it does feel like, from what I've seen in the highlights, it's just funny to me that guys seemed more willing to help Pujols get to 700 than they are to help Judge get to 61, 62, and beyond. Now, people were talking about last night with the Blue Jays, it's a playoff race. The Blue Jays have no chance of winning the division. The Yankees aren't going to lose out. They're not winning the division. They're not losing a wild card spot either. They're not. It's not going to happen. The Rays are behind them. The Mariners are behind them. The Orioles are behind them. They're fine. They'll be fine. So while I get why they walk judge, some of the explanations were just, you know, I don't know. That you're, you're not winning the division. So just pitch to him. Stop being chicken. So, yeah, I don't know. Will judge hit the home run tonight? It would be nice if he gets it out of the way. It would also be nice for uh, Toronto people to prevent Zach Campbell from hitting it. If Judge would like to hit the ball oppo, that would also be great because apparently Zach Campbell was sitting in the left. And um, 
Like, I'm trying to think of places where Judge can hit the ball where Hample can't get it. Like, maybe hit it to the second, like, hit it, just hit it 500 feet. That'd be great, too. Or, even better, hit it off the hotel and have it bounce back into the field. Maybe hit it into a bullpen, something like that. Just keep it away from Zach Hample, please, for the love of everything that is holy. (laughs) Uh, So in a moment, we'll talk about the Red Sox series because we didn't get to do that yesterday. And um, yeah, I'm shocked. I'm shocked by that. So we'll do that in a moment. So yeah, the Yankees beat the Red Sox four games. Now, I get it. Sunday's game was shortened by the rain. And, you know, in some people's mind, it doesn't feel like a full game, but it was called. And I have to say, I got to give it to the Yankees. You know, Judge was on deck and they were basically like, yeah, we're not starting this game again. The guys are going to be slipping, slipping and sliding all over the place. We don't want Judge getting hurt. Red Sox have nothing to play for. They're eliminated. They're like 22 games out. Who cares? Like, just call the game. Thank goodness they did, because I was getting a little angry about that. Because it is dangerous. Like, yes, they have drainage systems in place, but you don't want Judge going up and trying to hit the 61st home run and God forbid something happening with him running to first base if he hits a single in slippery weather. No thanks. So good for the Yankees for sticking up for him. And... Good for the Yankees for doing what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to sweep the last place team. So nice job, guys. Nice job. And I know most of those games were close. Doesn't matter. A win is a win is a win is a win. And that's what you see in, you know, the win-loss and records and all that stuff. And sure, you look at the box score and you say, oh, they only beat them by this many runs. But a win is a win is a win. So that was good. And The other thing that I'd like to mention about the series against the Red Sox quickly, and then we'll talk about certain performances. I was watching the K-Rod cast on Sunday, except for when Harrison Bader was mic'd up. When I saw everyone on Twitter mentioning that Bader was mic'd up because it was supposed to originally be Josh Donaldson, I flipped over to ESPN from ESPN2 just to see Bader. I like him. I like him a lot. He's funny. Um... You know, and it's a joy to watch someone play the outfield so well and see him set his feet before the ball even gets to him. And he knows how to play out there. And, you know, he's been everything that the Yankees said he was going to be when they traded for him. And yes, it would have been nicer if they had traded for him when he didn't have an injury. But we're seeing what they saw in him and we're seeing what a good center fielder does. So... Yeah, that was fun. But back to the K-Rod cast. They had Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens on at the same time with A-Rod. And you had one faction of fans who were horrified. Three cheaters were on the broadcast together. How dare you? Can people stop acting like they're the only ones who cheated? Okay, it's called the steroid era for a reason. Okay, Kem Caminiti was not exaggerating when he said a bunch of guys were doing that stuff. Neither was Jose Canseco. Okay, everyone thought Jose Canseco was crazy when he was like, oh yeah, 80% of guys were taking stuff. You don't think guys on the Yankees dynasty teams were taking stuff? If you don't think they are, I have some bridges to sell you because of course they were. Stop. Anyway, 
They're not the only guys who cheated in baseball history. They're the only guys who seem to be getting punished for it because other guys who cheated, David Ortiz, made the Hall of Fame. So anyway, I have to say, listening to Barry Bonds talking about hitting was very interesting. You know, he was talking about his time at the Marlins and what he would tell guys and how he would tell them to approach the game. And can I just say, someone needs to get Barry Bonds on a broadcast. I don't know if he'd want to do it because, you know, he might just want to sit at home and do nothing. But I think it would be really interesting to hear Barry Bonds give his take on a specific at bat, a specific hitting performance, you know, like a whole game performance. But I really would love to hear him break down at bats. I would be so fascinated by that. I thought it was great. Um, Clemens, he's fine. He's fine. He's a little too overzealous when he speaks because he was speaking over Barry Bonds because Barry Bonds was at home. Clemens was in the studio with Kay and A-Rod. And I feel like A-Rod actually does a better job when he has fellow baseball players with him talking about baseball because then they can riff off each other. No offense to Michael Kay. I mean, Michael Kay has been around the game of baseball a really long time and he's covered the game a long time. But there's just something different about a baseball player talking with another baseball player, talking about specific situations that they went through and specific at bats and, you know, talking about players from the past and how some of those players seem to be almost obsolete at this point. And I found that really interesting. There was a conversation between Bonds and A-Rod where they were talking about how guys like Johnny Damon don't really exist anymore, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. And I was like, huh. They were talking about how batting averages are down you know, guys are really trying to hit the barrel of the ball or trying to barrel the ball so they can hit more home runs. And it it sort of felt like they were lamenting that, but it also felt like they were trying to understand that, but also trying to find a way to mesh their era of baseball, not steroids, but their era of how guys were pure hitters. Does that make sense? That's what they were trying to talk about and trying to meld it with this era of baseball. And I found that interesting, but I feel like if Fox or TBS, MLB, maybe even ESPN, but maybe just those first three, if someone can convince Barry Bonds to do postseason work, and break down at bats, I think it would be really, really interesting. Because Barry Bonds was a good hitter. Yes, the steroids helped. It helped prolong his career. It helped him not get injured, which was a big reason why a lot of these guys played for so long. But it was also a reason why some of these guys got really funky injuries. Like when you're hearing about ligaments tearing, tearing off a bone, you know that steroids are involved. <laughs> or HGH or some other weird chemical that was in their body. But... um. I really feel like he could do a really good job. And I know some people would hate it because they're so against the steroid era and act like these guys personally offended them by taking steroids. But you all need to calm down. It happened. It's history. It's there. You can't erase it and just deal with it. And the same people who were crying about Barry Bonds being on a baseball broadcast have no problem with David Ortiz being on a baseball pro uh, broadcast. 
weird. Oh, I know why. Because Barry Bonds was a curmudgeon and David Ortiz was fat and jolly when he played, even though, you know, he threw an entire bat rack onto the field in Anaheim and destroyed a bullpen phone in Baltimore in a rage. Anyway, so if anyone would like to get Bonds on a postseason show, please do it. You had Pete Rose on. Why can't you put Barry Bonds on? And everyone spoke about that. When Pete Rose, Frank Thomas, and A-Rod had that nearly seven-minute conversation about hitting, everyone was talking about how great it was. Could be the same thing with Bonds and A-Rod and Ortiz. Imagine those three talking about hitting for six minutes. That could be pretty cool. Because I won't deny that Ortiz was a great hitter, but the hypocrisy surrounding his Hall of Fame election is ridiculous. All right, I'm going off topic. Yankees, Red Sox, they sweep. Hallelujah. Like I said, they did what they needed to do against a last place team. They beat them. And, you know, yeah, the games were close. And yeah, um, the Red Sox kept Aaron Judge in the park. And, you know, they were acting as if that was a big feat for them. But as I already said, he's still hitting the ball. They're not striking him out all the time. He's still getting on base. <laughs> You know, so will he hit it tonight? Will he hit 61 tonight? Will he hit 62 tonight? Who knows? Maybe he'll hit two. I would love for him to do 61 in his first at bat. Just go after it, Aaron James Judge. Just hit the crap out of the ball. You've hit a home run off this guy. You've seen him enough. He's also hit off of him in the playoffs, although that happened a few years ago in the wild card game. My co-host is here with me. So, uh, yeah, Tyone against Barrios tonight. Yankees have a chance to win the division you know, if they win, I think if they win, they do, right? Is that how the magic number works? Because <laughs> if they win, Blue Jays lose. And yeah, right? So they'll clinch the division. And uh, we can all relax. We'll have a relaxing last few games of the season. Because after they finish in, Toron in Toronto tomorrow, they're off Thursday. Then they play Baltimore at home for three. And then they go to Texas to finally play them for the first time all season. Because they didn't get to do it when the lockout happened. So... Yeah, this will be an interesting last few days of the season or the regular season because we're almost there. Playoffs are starting very soon and uh, things could get exciting. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube as well. And click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. Now that you've made us your first listen, how about making your second listen the Locked On MLB Podcast? MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you.